0: Jonathan Armstrong, I'm with Caudry here in London, and with me, as ever, is Eric Sinrod live from California. <laughs> and we're going to talk about artificial intelligence. So, uh, give us some intelligence, artificial or real, Eric.
1: <laughs> well, I will certainly be real, and hopefully, I'll be intelligent. But I'll let you be the judge of that, listeners. Um, so I, want to, I do want to return to the topic of artificial intelligence and where does our federal government here in the United States at least sit with it? And then maybe I'll flip it back to you, Jonathan, at the end, and maybe you have some thoughts from your side of the pond. So let's begin with this question. Are the robots going to take over the world? Hmm. Well, there's no question that artificial intelligence is finding its way into our everyday lives. Some people love interacting with Alexa as part of their daily activities. Others worry about the loss of autonomy and privacy that accompanies the burgeoning AI world. And some dread that someday humans ultimately may be secondary to the artificial intelligence we have created. So the AI train already is leaving the station. And before it gets too far down the tracks, what is the U.S. federal government doing in terms of potential regulation. Hmm. Do you have an answer for that, Jonathan, or should I continue?
0: Um, I think
1: you're good. Yeah.
0: All right, go ahead. No, (laughs) continue. continue. Otherwise, I would have said something rude about your government.
1: Well, you know, that's that's fair. (laughs) I'll continue. Uh, In a time of deep partisan divide, so we're getting into the politics just a bit, in which Republicans and Democrats in Congress here disagree on practically everything. What? A bipartisan group of legislators has reintroduced a bill to accelerate the adoption of artificial intelligence in the federal government. So they want to bring it into the federal government instead of heavily regulate it from the government to the corporate world. Uh, In these, Senators Rob Portman, he's a Republican from Ohio, and by the way, he was my law school classmate at the University of Michigan Law School, Uh, Kamala Harris, Is a Democratic senator from California who's running for president, Cory Gardner, a Republican senator from Colorado, and Brian Schatz, a Democratic senator from Hawaii, recently reintroduced the Artificial Intelligence in Government Act. Say that 10 times fast. The Artificial Intelligence in Government Act. Rather than seek to regulate artificial intelligence in the business world, as I hinted at a moment ago, A primary underlying purpose of this proposed legislation is to bring more AI technical experts into the federal government to build up federal artificial intelligence capabilities. According to Senator Portman, and I quote him, quote, Artificial intelligence will have significant impacts for our country, economy, and society. Ensuring that our government has the capabilities and expertise to navigate these impacts will be important in the coming years and decades. This bipartisan legislation will help ensure our government understands the benefits and pitfalls of this tendency as it engages in in a responsible, accountable rollout of AI. Uh, And I end the quotation from Senator Portman. Now, in the House of Representatives, also, there's been a bipartisan effort by Representatives Mark Meadows, a Republican from North Carolina, and Jeffrey McNerney, um, a Democrat from from California, uh, introducing similar legislation in the House as well. Um, In terms of some of the specifics of the Senate and House bills, they tasked the General Services Administration with the creation of a center of excellence, a center of excellence to offer expertise and to, quote, conduct forward-looking original research on federal AI policy and promote U.S. competitiveness, close quotes. Also, the Office of Personnel Management would be required to set up and revise job listings to include artificial intelligence skills and competencies. Uh, Moreover, federal agencies, Jonathan, would need to set up governance plans for implementing the use of AI while safeguarding, quote, civil liberties, privacy, and civil rights, close quote. And along those lines, Senator Harris, our presidential candidate from California, that stated, quote, as we embrace the new jobs and new opportunities brought about by the growth of artificial intelligence, we must also be clear about the potential downsides of this powerful technology, including racial and gender bias, close quote. But as I pointed out a moment ago, uh, these bills really are not seeking to do much in terms of regulating, outside, regulating out AI outside of uh, frankly promoting it within the federal government. So in the, in the business world, um, the AI cat has been out of the bag, sorry for yet another metaphor for quite a while. And what have we learned from the artificial intelligence and government act that I've now discussed with you? Well, plainly the federal government wants to get up to speed and include artificial intelligence in the course of its work. Um, The prime purpose of this legislation is not, and I underline the word not, to regulate corporate AI. Thus, if you are worried that robots are going to take over the world, this Artificial Intelligence and Government Act will not be your salvation. But if you're an AI fan, you should be heartened that our federal government wants to become AI savvy. Okay, I'm going to flip it over to you, Jonathan. What do you think about all this?
0: Yeah, I think that's very interesting. I was up in Edinburgh a week or so ago speaking at a panel at the Association of Corporate Council event on AI. So uh, a lot of that is really interesting. I suspect we're not going to do the topic just this in 10, but I uh, also had on my panel Ellis Papadopoulou from the European Commission, who's leading a lot of their work in this area. And that, I think, probably mirrors some of the thoughts that you've said at an eu level and, and rather than um go through all of what alas uh, said if anyone's really interesting interested in it if they if they reach out to me there's probably a deck of slides i could send uh, of course from a regulatory point of view there are a number of conflicts between um some ai applications currently and the uh, law as it exists. We've already had uh, at least one AI case uh, get the attention of regulators, which was a use by a hospital of um, Google DeepMind to do uh, predictions as to propensity to have medical issues. But I think it's interesting. There's a, there's a, uh, a good quote, I thought, from uh, the Global Integration Council of Chub, they've been looking at AI, and he'd said, at present, AI is far more artificial than it is intelligent. So I think there's some way to go with some AI applications. But in any event, these attempts to do AI do hit across some existing legal obligations, GDPR being the most obvious. We've got the six principles that are enshrined in GDPR that often conflict with AI and and I think there is this big, you know, two really big conflict areas, you know, big data versus data protection, so AI works on big data sets, GDPR encourages you to reduce the size of your data sets, and this thing about data ubiquity versus data security. So for uh, Internet of Things, for example, or for self-driving cars or whatever, it's all about the data and the data being in different locations at different times. And that obviously uh, involves uh, security ramifications. We've also got uh, something over here called the Hambach Declaration, which is a almost like a position paper from German regulators saying that we oughtn't to underestimate the other legal consequences of artificial intelligence. So you have to do a data protection impact assessment to look at the data protection risks whenever you're doing anything with AI. You have to have proper legal agreements. Um, they have to deal with what's called a ground truth assessment, according to some, uh, some position papers we've had from the UK regulator. But you also need to follow the principles I I would suggest in the handback Declaration. So that's looking at things like um, your obligations under anti-discrimination law. Obviously, we've had a vote uh, with one major corporation this week over whether it should, uh, whether and how it should be involved in AI because of a perception that it is easier to recognise white faces with their software than black, and it leads to false positives, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there are all sorts of legal issues around AI, and it's interesting, isn't it, that um, that there's this US legislation to try and promote competence from what you've said within government. I think that's to be welcomed, but of course some of the conflicts that we've seen are people concerned about the unintelligent use of artificial intelligence, particularly in areas like law enforcement, and particularly in its ability to uh, clamp down on the rights of others, sometimes without any objective justification for that assessment. So it's an involved topic, Eric. It is. And
1: we've talked about it before, and my guess is we'll talk about it again. I suppose my, my final feeling about this for this podcast anyway is that our government simply, at least at this point, wants to understand. It doesn't want to be you know, behind the curve with respect to uh, what's going on in, in our business and other communities. Uh, and so essentially what this is saying is we want to make as a priority bringing in people into the government uh, who have AI expertise so at least um, we can learn about it to the extent we find it beneficial we can incorporate it within our government affairs, and then maybe as we become more fluent in it, we can decide when and how to regulate it uh, in the corporate world. That, that's my take anyway. So this is Eric Sinrod at uh, Dwayne Morris. You can find me at ejsinrod at This has been your weekly Tech Walk 10, where the law and information technology intersect. You can find us on the usual social media outlets. Uh, keep uh, in contact with us and let us know of other matters you want us to discuss. And now, Jonathan,
0: the final say. Well, thanks very much. Just as we record this two big events, the uh, U.K. Prime Minister has resigned. Um, But even more importantly than that, it's the first birthday this weekend of GDPR. Meantime, uh, if you want to connect (laughs) with us on any of these issues, as as we've said, try social media or jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com.
1: Happy birthday, GDPR. Happy birthday, GDPR.